0: Good afternoon, Packers fans. Iron Nagler here with your Packers daily chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. I understand Wisconsin is under a bit of snow this afternoon. I hope you're all huddled up, cuddled up, surviving the snowstorm over here in in New York. It's rainy a little bit, but we haven't got a lick of snow all year long. So maybe your storm will come this way and we'll finally get some 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 snow here in New York City because we have not had we have barely had a flake all year long. Um, the Packers all quiet on the Packers front, uh, not even contract stuff going on at the moment. Uh, I think that will probably pick up starting next week. We'll probably see news about certain restructures, extensions, etc. Undoubtedly David Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones will both be, uh, having something done to their contract. Exactly what I'm not quite sure yet, but there is zero doubt that they will, uh, have have some kind of conversation with the Green Bay Packers Uh, but right now today I wanted to talk about the offense and I was going back and re-watching some of 2020 uh, just because that was such an efficient year on offense and it's interesting to see and I think some people maybe forget how uh, different that year was especially for the first half of it because of the fact that there were no fans in the stands so there's lots of games on the road whether it's in Minnesota or in New Orleans or you know buildings where the Packers have traditionally you know they've struggled a little bit especially with protection because of the fact that the tackles got to look in and the noise is so bad and they got to go silent count and Rogers is trying to change things at the line it's a little more difficult in a you know hostile environment as opposed to what they faced in 2020 where you know they had free reign at the line of scrimmage hell Rogers gets the Saints to jumps a, a few times in their own building uh, in that that season. But outside of that, what really struck me was some of the efficiency when it came to creating looks that had defenders second guessing or taking false steps. And you know, this isn't wild stuff. This isn't something that's, you know, crazy out there. It's not like mad scientist stuff. But yes, it does. A lot of it um, evolve out of motion things that pre-snap motion that makes guys kind of take steps towards one sideline or the other, maybe makes a safety kind of drift one way. Uh, it's all little stuff. And the way they utilize motion in the red zone was noticeable as well. Um, and not to say that they didn't do this in 2022, because there were certainly you know plenty of stuff where you could look and say, look, they have this motion here, whether it was, you know, Watson doing the pre-snap orbit stuff, Um, that they could play off of and eventually hit. You know, he scored a touchdown on one of those, and he scored a touchdown on that big run against Chicago. And there's certainly times when you can look and see the damage done and then working off of a team being worried about, oh, I don't want, you know, to get killed like this, so I have to adjust, and then the Packers playing off of it. It's not to say that that was completely out the window this season, but it's certainly noticeable when you go back and watch 2020 which was their most efficient year on offense under LaFleur. There's no doubt about that, that what LaFleur talked about when he was first hired, the illusion of complexity was certainly more prevalent that season than it was in 2022. And whether that's again, using more bunch formations or even just reduced sets. And by reduced sets, I mean a lot of times with the Packers offense, you see guys outside the numbers, you see wide receivers outside, you know, the hash and the numbers and, All the way outside in the perimeter. 2020, there was a lot more condensing of those formations where, yeah, certainly you had a guy maybe off ball a little bit or off, you know, a tight end in line and then a guy, you know, back a a step or two, but still inside the numbers. And you had a lot of route combos working off of motion pre snap to get a declaration from the defense, but to also open things up. And for boot action, Rodgers could either you know hand it off on a certain play or uh, keep it and hit somebody downfield, which he did on a number of occasions and did again this year, but there was just a lot more of it. Now, I understand this season was hampered a bit after London because of the thumb injury. They couldn't put him under center as much as they probably wanted to. Um, you know, Matt straight up admitted that a couple of weeks after that London game that they had to be in the shotgun be so much because of, you know, the wear and tear of Rogers being under center with that broken thumb at that point, they weren't admitting it was broken, but he was just, he was dealing with the thumb injury. So I understand that there was going to be a dip, right? But it's very apparent that so much more of what they were doing, especially on things like second and seven, right. Or, you know, uh, things that were not, you know, first down or third and got to have it. Just the, those middle downs where you're second and seven, second and five, they ran a lot of like condensed stuff and motion and got guys open or gave Rodgers just options high to low that just didn't seem as prevalent this past season. You saw a lot more spread, saw a lot more empty. And the hope here is, regardless of who the quarterback is in 2023, that they get back to just a little bit more of that condensed stuff, the pre snap motion. And the illusion of complexity where they have plays that look similar, but that can go any number of ways, whether that's, you know, straight up giving it to the running back on a zone scheme run or pulling that ball and going on a boot action and taking a shot or even just making it look like you're going to take a shot and hitting a trailing tight end underneath. All of those options are great and they can all be done out of similar looks. And again, Matt's first couple of years in Green Bay, they did a lot of that. There was a lot less of that this past season, hoping, praying they get back to a lot more of that in 2023, regardless of who the quarterback is. Hope you're all doing well. Good to see everybody in the comments section, Everybody riffing it up. Love to see it. Ryan's up here with two super chats right out the bat. What's up, man? The 2022 season, the Packers seemed too predictable, and Rodgers was chucking it up way too often. If Rodgers stays with the team, I hope Matt LaFleur tears into Rodgers when he chucks it up. The Pack won't win that way. Ah, yes, the chucking it up thing is uh, notable, no question about it. I do think, you know, we do all as fans love it when it connects. We all get very excited. Uh, Look no further than the fourth down touchdown to Christian Watson against the Dallas Cowboys, or hell, the big play that kind of put him on the map this season third and short Rodgers guns it for Jesus as we like to say uh to Watson up the right sideline you know for a touchdown it's it's feast or famine and to your point Ryan yes I would hope they would come to an understanding where it's fine to take calculated risks right there I'm not saying you can never do it or should never do it but I'm kind of with you Ryan the sense that maybe not too predictable, but it wasn't high efficiency. It's not, you know, the odds aren't great. That's not a high percentage play. And there was no greater example of that than the first kind of half, even three quarters of the Chicago game in Chicago, where there were several short yardage situations, third and shorts, third and like two or less, where Rodgers took these deep shots, whether it was to Cobb, whether it was to Watson or whatever, that just made no sense. You know, possess the football, move the sticks. This is your team, this is your offense. And he Rodgers himself, to his credit, did say, you know, several times after the Chicago game that things started clicking there after the fourth quarter in Chicago. And you know, hopefully, maybe what we saw on the back end of the season, you know, maybe that is how they come out the gate next year. But to your question, you know, to your point about Matt LaFleur tearing into Rodgers, that's never gonna happen. Just so we're all clear. And like I said, Ryan, again, it's a show business, not show friends. In my opinion, 2023 is a repeat of 2020. Clean house. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Even if the Packers were to have another losing season, uh, another season where it's frustrating on offense and the defense is inconsistent and they end up out of the playoffs, I still don't think Brian and Matt are on the hot seat. I think, yeah, the urgency ramps up a little bit. No question about that. But I don't think Murphy's going to pull the trigger and fire them. Um, there will definitely be conversations about the staff and what needs to be done both on the personnel side and probably the defensive coordinator and things of that nature, but I- I'd be absolutely shocked if, even with a losing season, if Murphy just fired guys he just signed to extensions two years ago. That would be a big surprise to me. What are your thoughts on the spring leagues? You think the NFL is missing a chance to embrace them a bit and make them a feeder league or a minor league? Well, I can't remember, but doesn't the NFL have a stake in one of them? In the USFL or the XFL? I thought that I thought they did have a stake in one of them. Maybe not, but um yeah, it's great. I'm I'm all for more football. I love the game, so I'm I'm rooting for success for both of those leagues, no question about it. I can only speak for myself. I know coming off the Super Bowl I'm not ready for another league of football. Now, if you had NFL football on offer, you know, in a couple of weeks, yeah, I'd be all in. But, man, it's, you know, it's hard to keep up with the Packers in the NFL, much less two more leagues. That's just for myself. I'll definitely have it on. I'll put it on the television on the weekends when it's playing. And I'll follow along kind of, you know, on the periphery. Um, but I love it as an opportunity for guys who maybe aren't able to find a spot in the NFL. But are trying to keep that dream alive and trying to keep a career alive, just playing ball. So, uh, and that's you know the players or the coaches, the training staff, the personnel people. I I just love that there are jobs in football for a lot more people. I'm all about that life. I'm here for it. Sign me up. Uh, hey, Aaron Nagler. Hey, Michael Dayhart. Hope you're doing well. Big. B is here. What's up, Big B? How you doing, man? Uh, Faraz, what's up? haven't seen you in a while, man. Hope you're well. How bad does it look on us that Mahomes and the Chiefs have been to three Super Bowls and won two while Rodgers and Packers haven't been back since 2010? I don't care. Doesn't look like anything to me, to quote Westworld. I mean, kudos to the Chiefs, but they're in a very different position. You know? They drafted Mahomes when they did, and they had him sit for a year, and then they played him, and they got Andy Reid, and They drafted Tyreek Hill, which Packers fans would have lost their mind, or some Packers fans would have done that, you know? And then they traded Hill, and then they signed a bunch of guys in free agency. The Packers operate in a very different way. They're a different team. I have no problem with it. Like, Packers have won two Super Bowls in my lifetime, and I enjoyed both of them. I had a ball. So, yeah, is it a bad look? I don't think so. The Packers have still won a boatload of games haven't come close to securing another lombardi while rogers is quarterback and that's unfortunate but i just i just don't care comparison is the thief of joy and look and i know again i said this the other day like i'm probably doing this site and this brand a disservice by not engaging this shit but like man i'd much rather like worry about a billion other things in this life than oh no there's another team that's won a couple more super bowls i just who cares man uh, it's just again this is me this is how i roll I, I i argue amongst yourselves if you must and godspeed ruben thanks to super chat give 12 the bobby banil contract no don't that's just still paying that off matt thanks to super chat the missing piece is Lindsley. Well, not the only one, but an underrated loss and need to find a comparable replacement. Is that Myers? Matt, that's an excellent super chat. I'm not going to sit here and say that Corey Linsley is the missing piece or that everything's falling apart because they didn't resign him, but I will say, and shout out to my co-founder, Corey Banky, you have choices to make, and I understood it from a logical standpoint as far as he's going to be on his third contract. Yes, he's the best center in the game, but At some point, you can't pay everybody. So you let him walk and then you go and draft a guy. Well, when you go and draft a guy, you better make sure that he can at least hit the ground running, which I think Myers did for the most part. Clearly got hurt for much of his rookie year. So you can't say a whole lot about his rookie season. But this past season, inconsistent at best. And there's no doubt that the offense has not run as effectively or as efficiently without Corey Lindsley. Since he's been out of town, it ain't been the same, and that all starts up front. Now starts at the center position, and Corey's out, you know, out there in L.A. living his life and kicking ass and taking names. So yes, do the Packers miss Corey Lindsley? Absolutely. Is Myers the long-term answer? Man, the the jury's out. We'll see. He, I said a couple weeks ago, he has to have competition. He has to be pushed because there's nothing to suggest from this past season that he is locked in at that position as a starter. Whether it's Zach Tom, hell, whether it's Elton Jenkins, he has got to compete for that gig. Because what he did week in and week out, down in and down out in 2022, is not good enough. No doubt. Andrew, thanks for the Super Chat. If we use the chuck it for Jesus as a wrinkle that is set up by possession and moving the ball, it could be deadly. Look at the other teams who use it. Wish we could get there. Darkness fun. <laughs> Darkness fun. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the taking the shot, right? Again, I'm not averse to taking a shot. I'm not averse to, you know, a, a calculated risk, which is what that is, right? All for it. But when you're continually doing it and coming up short and, you know, having to punt things away because of it, you're you're just shooting yourself in the foot. That's where I'm at. It Just extend the drive, possess the football. And you know how you can do that? Man, run the ball a little bit more. Get those backs involved. I know it's not going to improve your numbers or anything, but, you know, it'll help sustain drives and maybe give you more opportunities in the end zone. That's just me. That's just something I'm into. Eric, thanks for the Super Chat. Hey, thanks. I know there was success trying to coexist Matt LaFleur and 12's offensive philosophies, but as time went, it stopped working. Is there any chance 12 not buying in enough hurts Matt LaFleur's coaching growth? Eric, that's a very interesting question. I'd never really thought of that, but could you know Rogers trying to play the way he wants and utilizing the things he likes on offense stunt Matt LaFleur's growth as a coach? And possibly. That's that's a that's a humdinger of a thought right there. Um look, I, I think there's zero question that the two understand that they have to coexist. And I think they genuinely like each other and do play off of each other and work together really, really well. But we all know that 12 is the one driving the bus here. There is zero doubt about that. And That's always going to be the case as long as he's in Green Bay. Look no further than Sunday's report before the Super Bowl saying the Packers saying, well, if you want to come back, great. If you want to be traded, we'll help you do that. If you want to retire, bon voyage. Rogers is driving the bus and that's from his decision whether he wants to play or not and that's about how they approach things on offense you know so yeah is it stunting his uh, growth as a coach maybe a little bit you know until he's given true autonomy and allowed to not you know just to be able to drop a game plan and not worry about what the quarterback is going to think about it or say hey We're going to, you know, go out and execute an offense and we're going to win a great, exciting game in overtime against a hated rival. And then our quarterback is going to make passive aggressive comments about the offensive approach in the postgame presser. This happened. Go back and watch the postgame presser after the Dallas Cowboys game. I mean, at some point as a coach, you're probably sitting there thinking like, dude, just can we just win a game and you not be the star? Is it okay if we run the ball? And by the way, by running the ball effectively, we make things easier for you as a quarterback. Is that okay? Is that allowed? Is it only, you know, is only acceptable if we spread it out and you're allowed to make plays outside the pocket or make big-time throws? Is that the only way that the offense is acceptable to you? Food for thought, man. Food for thought. (laughs) <laughs> oh this is great omega weapon 13 12 is coming back i'm in the inner circle group chat well that's good we found somebody who's in the inner circle so pat mcafee sorry buddy uh, this is the scoop that i got here at Cheesehead tv rogers is back we got it from the inner circle right here it's snowing in titletown it's beautiful well it's raining in new york and it's not <laughs> it's good what happens first, pay-per-view Super Bowl or overseas Super Bowl? John, pay-per-view Super Bowl, easily. Uh, Complicated fella. Being a former center back in the day, you're preaching to the choir, Nags. The center is the least appreciated guy on offense. I mean, I think it's just the nature of the business as far as you're touching the football every single down. And yes, you are snapping it to the quarterback who's making lots of decisions, etc. But you're not only doing that, you're handling the ball, you're giving it to the quarterback, and you're handling Everything up front as far as calls go, protection, IDing the mic, what kind of adjustments you have to make to what you see across the line of scrimmage. Man, it all flows. It all flows from that position. So uh, there's definite every appreciation here. I love it. Who do I think will get cut this offseason? Ooh, I don't know, Callum. That's a good question. I don't. I don't anticipate any big cuts as far as, like, you know, salary cap, uh casualties or what have you. I think there are guys, you know, names that we probably will see walk who are going to be free agents, whether that's Alan Lazard or Adrian Amos. But I don't see any cuts coming. But we'll see. I've been surprised before. No question about it. Odds of Jonesy remaining a Packer. Oh, Clayton, very good. Very, very good. I'll be very, very surprised if Aaron Jones isn't a Green Bay Packer in 2023. Um, he's too important to them. Brian indicated at the end of the season that he expects him to be back. It, clearly, they got to do uh, some adjustment to his contract, but I think they view him as a core player, and they've done pretty decent work as far as make making sure those core players stay intact and in Green Bay. So I'd be very, very surprised if uh, he's gone in any way. Sign Lazard or offer him a contract as a tight end. Matt, someone's going to pay him to play wide receiver. It's not going to be the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, look, appreciate everything he's done. He's a great story. The fact that the Packers got him off the Jacksonville practice squad and made him into a bona fide wide receiver is pretty incredible. But he's going to get paid. He's been waiting for this moment. He's been angling for this offseason so he can get PAID paid, and I suspect he will. All right, everybody, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Carry the G Club members, Patreon members. I'll see you on happy hour in a little bit. The rest of you, see you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.